Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Well, come on, can we put our hands together for King Jesus in this place? Come on, let's give him a big ovation of worship all over this house. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, hey, I'm so glad that you're here. I just want to welcome everybody to church today. I'm so thankful that you're in the room. So thankful that you'd be here. But I, know, I want to just welcome in some people that are watching online, uh, people that are listening on the podcast. Hey, we just want to give you all a special shout out. We love you guys. We're so glad you're here. Come on, aren't we thankful for people tuning in tonight and tomorrow and all this stuff throughout the week? Man, we love you. We'll just tell you it's better in the facility. Trust me, it's just better to be in the room. If it's out of habit, man, we're just going to invite you guys to come on back, uh, be a part of what God is doing in uh, at Purpose Church. Man, we're just really thankful uh, just to be a part of it. Man, I'm really glad that all of you are in the room. Anybody excited about being at church today? Come on, I love that. Well, we're going to switch it up. I'm going to keep you on your toes today. Actually, what we're going to do right now is at the end of our service, we're going to sing and celebrate with a song. So we're going to just switch it up a little bit. We're going to take up our tithes and offerings right now. And so maybe some of y'all are like, oh, my goodness, I don't have it ready, whatever it might be. I'll just tell you again, Allie and I, we give online. It's an easy way for us to be able to give back to God what he's given to us. So I'm going to ask our usher team, if y'all want to go ahead and come on forward, they're going to pass these offering containers around. Uh, again, if it's your first time, this is not for you. This is for people that call Purpose Church home. And so we just want to tell you thank you for your generosity. Again, as they begin to pass those around, you can pass those. Uh, again, we give online. You can give by a, a, a text message or whatever it might be. Uh, I just want to tell you, man, thank you for your generosity. And as they're doing it, as you're giving, as we're giving back to God, as this is act of worship, let me just kind of just give some, some clarity around why we give and how we give. And the reason what, what we believe that God is going to do through our generosity is the fact that God has given us so much, me, my family, you, and that God has given us life, given us breath. That, that again, we just want to say thank you, God, for, for what you've done. And we give back uh, to him through our tithes and offerings. And, and again, I want you to know that your tithes and offerings are making a huge impact. Again, Again, just a few weeks ago, our last Vibe Night, I told you about that I was inviting your student to next week. We had eight students get up and go out of the room and say, hey, you know what? I need a relationship with Jesus. And talking with an adult about a relationship with Jesus, it wasn't just raising their hand. Come on, that's a big deal. Eight students gave their life to Jesus. And, and let me just share with you, too, in just a few weeks, man, what we're able to do through our Easter egg outreach, the egg drop that we're doing in our Easter services. Listen, I, I want to just tell you guys about that, that. If you can just lean into that. Again, as we give, knowing that, that we're reaching out to our community, we had 2,000 people, uh, a little over 2,000 people come last year to the Easter egg drop. We're expecting double that this year, um, which is going to be incredible, just reaching out to our community to be able to say, hey, guys, we love you, Jesus loves you, and he's got an incredible purpose for you. So that's coming up in a few weeks, but I just want to tell you, too, Easter Sunday's coming. Y'all, hold up two fingers right here like this. That's two weeks from today, okay? And we got four services, okay? So I want to encourage 
heard some of us in the room that are here. The 9:30 and 11 look real good for some of us, right? Because like, some of y'all are like, I don't know if the Lord is even awake at 7 a.m. He is. Um, but but I want to encourage you. Uh, maybe maybe give up that 9:30 or 11 seat because we know that there's going to be a lot of people that come for the very first time uh, on Easter. Uh, and so I'm just going to ask some of us. Hey, and listen too. I'm asking you as your pastor just to invite somebody to be with you. Would you invite? You need that that that. Um, I, I think it's kind of a little bit of anxiousness of somebody that has never been to church sitting right next to you. Not that, and Easter is a great time to invite somebody to church. Like, like here's the thing. Like, you, you're going to be as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs that day, right? If you bring somebody with you and they're sitting next to you, you're probably thinking, oh, I hope they sing the right song. You know what I'm saying? I hope he's funny while he's preaching. Like, Lord, please, please just let And you're going to be a little anxious about it. And at the end of the service, as we do every week, just going to be able to give an invitation for people to respond to the gospel and say, hey, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I always have everybody bow your heads and close your eyes, right? I'm going to give you permission if you bring somebody with you on Easter that you can peek, okay? You're going to be able to peek. You'll be able to kind of look just at one eye open like this. And if they're sitting next to you, you need somebody that doesn't know Jesus or that hasn't been to church in a long time sitting next to you. And again, I just want to just put this on your radar that, man, when you invite them to church and they're here sitting next to you, the anxiousness that you feel, man, you're going to be able to say, you know what, uh, when that person responds to the gospel, when they give their life, and I'm believing that they're going to, right? I'm believing that Jesus is going to save them. And he's going to do something incredible. And they respond to the gospel. Guess what? I, dude, the waterworks are going to start flowing down your face whenever that friend of yours that you've been praying. I got some friends of mine, maybe watching right now, but man, I want them to be here on Easter, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get them sitting right beside Allie and I during one of those services, because man, I just want you to know that this means, I believe that there's going to be some people that meet Jesus, a lot of people that meet Jesus on Easter at Purpose Church, and again, it's going to take all of us inviting other people, getting them here, just believing that God, God is going to do the changing, but he's asking us to be responsible to and bring some friends and invite them to be a part of this church, and so uh, anybody looking forward to Easter at Purpose Church? I am. I am. Well, here's what we're doing. If y'all don't mind, I had you seated for a few minutes, gave you chance, your legs a chance to rest. Why don't you hop up on your feet just in honor of God's word? We're going to stand together as we read from the Bible. And uh, I'm going to read uh, uh, one of my, honestly, it's one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible, the favorite chapters in all of, of the Bible. It's Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to be in verse number 6. If anybody's ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. This is what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6. If I could turn there really fast. It says this, and come on, this is, I, I, I've kind of taught over the last couple weeks. I'm going to preach today, so I'm going to need y'all's help, okay? About three of you. I said, I'm going to preach today. I need y'all's help, okay? All right, good. This is what the Bible says, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. I'll start. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to, but instead he gave up his divine privileges, took the humble position of a slave, and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Is there anybody thankful that Jesus was willing to go to the cross for you and for me. I'm thankful. I think we need to be a church that's real thankful for that, the fact that Jesus went to the cross. He was obedient. And because of his obedience, watch what happens. That's what I love about it. Verse 9 says, therefore. Somebody shout, therefore. All right, you, you really, when you read that in your scripture, what is it there for? So go back to what was just before. Obedience, Jesus' obedience. Therefore, 
God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Is there anybody thankful in this place that we serve a risen king, that he's not dead, he's not dormant, he's not passed out, but he is alive? Come on, can we give Jesus a big shout of praise? all over this place. I love that. I love that. I love this scripture. I can't wait to talk to us today. We're in a series called Jesus is King. And today I just want to talk to us about who he is. Who is he? Tap your neighbor. Say, who is he? Say, who is he? Say, who is he? We're going to talk about that together. Let me pray for us and you can have a seat. Jesus, thank you for today. God, we honor you. We love you. We're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful that you are meeting us in this place, God. We pray for our tithes and offerings as we give them just to say thank you for what you've done. Thank you for how you saved us. Thank you. I remember who I was before you. And God, it's the least I could do by saying thank you, by giving you my life giving you my all, giving you my energy, my effort, my, my time, my talent, my treasure. God, thank you for what you've done. Lord, we are in this place to hear from you today. Holy Spirit, speak as only you can. It's in Jesus' powerful, awesome, magnificent, marvelous, the name that's above every name. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. One more time as you're having a seat. If you love Jesus, can you make a little bit of noise in this place? Good, 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 good. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so thankful for you, Um, and man, I I just want to encourage you to take some notes today, lean into that. We're in a series called Jesus is King, where we're just looking at the fact that this man named Jesus is not just any ordinary man, but literally, as we started talking about last week, he is the greatest of all time. And I started talking about last week, like when you think of the word the goat, who do you think of? We talked about, like some of y'all literally just think of a goat, right? Like you just don't have any idea what, but when we say the greatest of all time, we talked about this last week, but Michael Jordan, let's just call what it is, is the greatest basketball player of all time. Come on, somebody, right? All the LeBron fans, he ain't, the, he ain't Michael Jordan, okay? I'm just going to tell everybody, I love you, I'm going to pray for you, okay? All right? No. But when we're talking about the GOAT when it comes to basketball, I, I think of Michael Jordan. When it comes to um, uh, the GOAT when it comes to entertainer, we talked about this idea, Michael Jackson. Come on, somebody. Like that dude, ain't nobody making music like that man could. Uh, we talked about even the greatest swimmer of all time, Olympian, most decorated Olympian was Michael Phelps. So if your name is Michael, man, you just a GOAT is all you are. You're just the greatest of all. But, but seriously, what we began talking about is that all of these people out there have had influence on culture, but nobody has ever had the same influence or as much influence as the greatest of all time being Jesus Christ. And the fact is, I want you to write that down right now as we start today, just to kind of just level the playing field, get us all on the same page, is guess what? Is Jesus had the greatest influence on the earth ever. Like he's had the greatest influence ever. And again, I want you to know how much of an influence he's had on earth is the fact that guess what? All of us are telling time by his birthday. Do y'all know that? Like, like literally every religion, every nation, every tongue are all telling time based off of Jesus' birth. How many of y'all have ever heard of the timestamps B.C. or A.D.? Come on, wave at me if that's you. All right? So, so B.C., we talked about this last week. I want you to write this down. Is this idea of sta- stands for before Christ? 
Okay, so all of time is being told in kind of two different timestamps, B.C. and A.D. And so B.C. literally is what it is. It's like, like as you're studying in history, you'll see different uh, things that pop up where it's this idea of, okay, 410 years, or 410 B.C., this took place. How many of y'all have ever seen that before? Come on, wave at me if that's you. All right, wave it around like you just do care. Come on, somebody. Okay, all right, good. So you've heard that before, B.C., and then, then the other term of, uh, of, again, that is before Jesus was born. God kind of goes underneath that time stamp of B.C. Then after Jesus was born, uh, how many of y'all have heard of A.D.? How many of y'all, just like me when I was a kid growing up, I thought it stood for after death. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all, we all sinners in the room, we all wrong somewhere, right? I was... I was wrong. It's not after death. It's actually a Greek word called Anno Domini, which means in the year of our Lord. And so when Jesus was born, A.D. began. And so right now, it is, uh, it's not March, it's April the 3rd, 2022 A.D. Does that make sense? This means yes in Kentucky. Come on, everybody. And Tennessee. Okay, like, here we go. All right, so, so yes, so that, I want to just kind of just catch us up on this fact that yeah, a lot of people may say, you know what, Jesus, he's just kind of this ordinary dude. Listen, you can't even tell time without Jesus. Like, you, he is so special. He's the greatest of all time that literally the calendar system revolves around this man named Jesus. He's the GOAT. Come on. I'm excited about that. I hope you are, and I can't wait to talk us through what that looks like for us today. How does this affect us? How does this have anything to do with us? So what we've, again, talked about, the idea over the last couple weeks that all of, starting last week, all of history is pointing to this man named Jesus, that everything is pointing to him. And again, Jesus doesn't just first show up on the scene whenever he shows up in uh, the nativity scene. I want you to know that even in the Older Testament, that everything is pointing to this person of Jesus. And so again, Jesus is king, Jesus is the greatest of all time, and we're going to talk about who he is today and the fact that there were some titles that Jesus had that he referred to himself as that started showing up hundreds of years before he ever took place uh, and came here to earth. I want to show us some of those today, uh, but how many of you know, really quick, this is an all skate, I want everybody to participate, right? I want all of us to just answer this. How many of you know that all of us in the room have a title? Come on. You're like, oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. Let me, let me, let me clarify what a title would look like for some of you. How many of y'all are sons? How many of y'all are daughters? Okay, how many of y'all are husbands? How many of y'all are wives? How many, okay, so like we all have titles, right? Did you know that a title is really important? Like, and we all have different titles. Uh, the title is kind of the job description. The title is kind of the position in life. See, I, I want you to write this down too, and then we'll kind of walk through a few titles that I've had uh, throughout my life that are kind of fun to talk about. Um, uh, but, but I want you to understand that titles carry a task with them. That you got to realize that the title's not there just to give a title. A title carries a task. Like there is a task that is associated with that specific title that you have. So, so for me in my life, some of y'all, the very first title that you got was the title of son, right? My dad was in the first service, and I, I am my son. I'm my dad's son, right? That is the first title that I, I was given, excuse me, in my life to my mom and dad. And this idea of what's the task that's associated with being a son? You know what it is? According to the Bible, honor your father and mother, obey them, and you will live a long life. Come on to all the parents in the room saying, mm-hmm, right? Obey mom and dad, then you'll live a long time, right? And it's this idea that that's the title, but it also carries the task, right? And then as we grow up, we start going to school, we begin to get this title of a student, right? How many of y'all went to school? Come on, wave at me. All right, good. All right, 
you went to school, you began to get this title of student. What's the task of the title of being a student? You know what the task is? It's that you and I would be learners. That we would be learners in life. And again, this is something that I never want to outgrow being a student, right? I never want to outgrow this idea that there is something in my life that is always needing to grow. That is always needing to change. That is always needing to develop. And again, as a student, the task is to learn, right? I think about this next one. It was like my first official job where I got a paycheck and, and taxes taken out. I was a farmhand for a little bit with my grandparents. But this job, your boy was a, I called a maintenance engineer, a.k.a. I was the janitor at a age 16 years old, okay? I was a, I was a janitor of a, um, of a, uh, a company that cleaned uh, the, the St. Joseph Catholic, or St. Jerome Catholic Church in Mayfield. And I'm just telling y'all, Catholic Church at night is kind of creepy, okay? I'm just going to tell you, like, the lights are off, like there's water, and I didn't know the water was like, you know, washing for that. I was just splashing, and it was a bad idea. Like, it was just not good at that time. But, but I remember the, the task that I carried as being the, the maintenance engineer was the fact that I had to clean toilets. Come on, somebody, right? I had to wash windows. I had to do all kinds of stuff like that because that was the task associated with the title. And I, I began to learn even at that time, that, okay, like excellence starts with the things that are not seen, right? That's really what excellence is, is excellence is in the ordinary. It's in the everyday things and, and began to kind of just shape who I am today. Uh, I think about the next title, my greatest title in life other than being a follower of Jesus is the title of being husband to that lady right there, all right? And so we have been married 10 years next month. Come on, somebody give it up for Allie, putting it up. <clears throat> She put up with me for 10 years. Y'all can barely take like an hour of me, you know, on Sunday. Imagine 10 years. Um, but again, I have a task as her husband. The title of husband is on me. My task is that I'm to lay my life down to serve her. That's the, the task of a husband, right? When I signed up and we said, yes, I do, like my job then is I'm going to lay my life down for my wife. That's the task. Then the, my next greatest title, a lot of you guys have this, is, is daddy. Right, that's that next title that for me is just a game changer, and uh, man, I, I love our kids so much, and 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 the idea that. Um, the task that's associated with the title is that I am to teach our kids, I am to correct, I'm to train, I'm to affirm, I'm to celebrate, I'm to discipline my kids in the way of the Lord so that they will not turn away from it when they get old, right? Like that's my task, that's my job as, as, as a dad. And then the last one, and I, I just want to just celebrate all of you and just the privilege that I get to have. It's, it's the high, one of the, again, other than being the husband to Allie, dad to my kids, follower of Jesus, like, this is one of the greatest titles that I, I don't deserve, um, but I'm really grateful for, and it's pastor. And I, I, this title of pastor that I get to be um, just uh, in your life and, and just a part of leading this church is a huge privilege that I do not take for granted. Uh, listen, y'all, this is my dream job, right? There's days that I, 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 you know, it's hard and it's tough, but guess what? This is my dream job. I've dreamed about this. I prayed for you guys. And again, just my job, the task of my job is not just to preach on Sunday, but it's to train you, to equip you to go out and be able to preach Monday through Saturday, right? That's my job. Is there any preachers that are getting trained up in the room? Come on. I think all of us in here are considered to be pastors and preachers that we're to go out and we're to make a difference for Jesus. So understand, I kind of go through all of those so that you understand that the title carries a task. Everybody good? About six of you. I say, everybody good? All right, good. So, so what I want to do is just kind of walk through some titles that Jesus has and then talk about how they affect you and I. Talk about how they mean something to you and I. The first title, I think that all of us know is a title of Jesus, but we wouldn't think of it as a title, is this word, Christ. 
is the title that Jesus owns of Christ. And again, this shows up even in the B.C., even in the Older Testament, this idea that Jesus is the Christ. See, some of y'all, and let's just be honest real quick, you thought Christ was Jesus' last name. Don't lie. Come on. Like You're like, okay, I'm going to show up. I'm going to go out to eat. Christ's table for two, please. That would be great, right? Let's be honest. Come on. I, as a kid, I was like, yeah, that's Jesus' last name. It's not. It's his title. Okay, it's his title. Jesus is the Christ, which what does the Christ mean? I want you to write this down. Christ means the anointed one. It means the anointed one. That's the word in the Newer Testament uh, known as Christo. It's in Greek, and it is telling us that he is the anointed one. You've probably heard this one before. If you go to the Older Testament, the same word used in the Older Testament is this word called Messiah. Right, y'all have heard that word before, right? It's in the Hebrew word. It's this word called Messiah. And what we got to understand is that when we hear this, this idea that the anointed one, I think for so many of us, maybe if you grew up in church, it's kind of like uh, made your, your mind a little bit different around. Because if we talk about it, like as I grew up in church, um, the little gal that would come up after like the third song and sing a, uh, like a, like a, a special, you know what I'm talking about, special. Anybody grow up in special singing Sundays? Okay, all right, right. She was anointed. Come on, somebody, right? Like she was singing, she was anointed. And, and I think for some of us, we get this kind of mixed up with this idea of anointing. I believe that that's still something that happens. But Jesus was the anointed one. He was the anointed one. What, what, what is uh, such a big deal about this? Well, during this time uh, that, that the Bible is being written, I want you to understand that the anointing had a specific meaning to it, that kings and prophets and priests and people that would hear from God, there would be people that would gather around them, they would lay hands on them, they would, they would take some oil and place it on their head, and they would, have them, uh, they would anoint them for the rest of their lifetime. Why would they do that? They would anoint them, which literally would mean to be set apart for a job or a specific task or a title. And so see, the Hebrew people in the Bible were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for the Christ to come. And what we see right here is that, yes, this is a title that's been around even before Jesus shows up on the scene. But as he shows up on the scene, he just wants to clarify and let everybody know, hey, y'all, I am what you've been looking for. Look what Luke chapter 4, verse 18 says. Jesus is at church. He's at the synagogue. He rolls up to the front, and what he begins to do is he opens the scrolls, which, again, they didn't have the, the Bible like we had. They had, like, the Older Testament that they would read. And, and what would happen is, is that Jesus gets up there, and he begins to read from Isaiah. Isaiah 61, and he reads just clarifying and telling everybody, y'all, I want you to understand, all of these titles that have been around for a long time, I am them. Watch what he says in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. I like it. The Spirit, this is Jesus speaking, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he's anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. What's Jesus saying right there? You know what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying, you know what? Y'all been looking for the Christ. You've been looking for the Messiah. You've been looking for the anointed one. I am he. I'm not just anointed by people and man coming and laying their hands on me. I've been anointed 
appointed by God to come and to set free the captives, to come and free the slaves, to, 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 for the blind to be able to see. And again, that's what Jesus is saying when he's saying, hey, I am the anointed one. I am the Christ. I am, his, I am he. And I want us to understand, you're probably thinking, okay, Dustin, that's great. I've heard of Jesus and his, the title of Christ, but what's that got to do with my Wednesday? Like, how in the world is that going to help me on Wednesday? Let me help you with this. Write this down right here. His title produces my testimony. I want you to understand that his title produces my testimony. See, until we understand what Jesus came to do for us, we will never have a story to tell. See, when Jesus comes in and he interrupts your life and, and you, you meet Jesus and you're saved by Jesus, understand that the B.C. and the 80s time stamps that we use for calendars are not just for calendars. They're even for my life, right? Because how many of y'all got some B.C. stories? Come on, somebody, right? You're before Christ stories. Like, think about it, man. Who you were before Jesus who you were before you had a relationship with Christ. And I just came to remind some of us that when Jesus comes in and he wrecks your life and he turns it around, his story changes my story, right? His story changes mine. And you and I, based off of the title that he carries of Christ, the anointed one, to save us, to redeem us, now you and I got something to talk about. Now you and I have a story to tell. This may be some of your stories, and if you need to shout it down, you can. But once you were blind, but now you see. Once you were lame, but now you can walk. Once you were deaf, now you can hear. Once you were lost, now you are found. Once you are dead, and now you are alive. Come on, is there any alive people in this place today that want to take five seconds to give God some glory? I want us to understand, I don't have a story without him. I don't have a story. Like his life, his story, his titles changed my story. They've changed us. So I want to give you some more, if that's okay, that I believe are going to help you throughout the week, that can help encourage you, that you are called and you are set apart and God wants to use you for his glory. The first one, or the next one after Christ, is this title of the suffering servant. Suffering servant. I want us to know that this title begins showing up actually 700 years before Jesus ever makes his bodily appearance for him in the nativity scene, Right? 700 years, this, this title of suffering servant shows up in Isaiah, starts in about chapter 40, but we're going to read in chapters, uh, chapter 53. So we're going to pick up in chapter 53, verse number 4 says this, yet it was our weakness that he carried, talking about the suffering servant. It was our sorrows that weighed him down, and we thought his troubles were a punishment for God or a punishment for his own sin. No, but Jesus, the suffering servant, was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sin. He was beaten so that we could be made whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Watch what the Bible says, all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. How many of us, that's the story of our life. Can we be honest and say, you know what, I don't know where you find yourself right now, but maybe you're doing your own thing, or maybe there was a time in your life where you thought, okay, I'm going to go after what I want. I'm going to do the things that I feel like I need to do for me. 
and we found ourselves on the path that's leading to destructions, that's leading us astray. But I love what the Bible says. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lion or like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep, he was silent before the shears, and he did not open his mouth. See, Isaiah is speaking of one that is to come, known as the suffering servant. This is before Jesus shows up. And again, I think it's so cool how even we talked about last week. I remember we talked about the Passover, right? We talked about this idea, uh, even before Isaiah is speaking, there is this thing that is going on that, that hundreds of years before that, the people of God are in captivity. They're in slavery by the Egyptian people, uh, Pharaoh specifically. And there's this guy named Moses. I like to call him Big Mo. Come on, somebody, right? Big Mo, God goes to Big Mo and says, Mo, I want you to go, and I need you to set my people free. I want you to go do that. And we were actually reading through our Bible uh, with our kids last night, and we're at the story right now uh, of this story right here in Exodus where he goes to Pharaoh, and we were teaching them a song. Maybe I ought to save people in the room. Remember this song. You ready? Pharaoh, Pharaoh. That's all to save people in the room right there, all right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm just kidding about that, by the way. Like, I... You may not know that song, and you still saved, okay? Let me just clarify. But, like, that's all the church people growing up right there, right? Like, I grew up where, man, oh, but Pharaoh, Pharaoh, and I even had a hand motion. like, Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Okay, yeah. Oh, baby, let my people go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, like, that's it. And just FYI, if this is your first time, I am the real pastor. There's not an older guy coming out next week. It's clarifying. Okay, so so I want us to know that that like um like like this thing is going on where he's saying Moses, will you let my people like will you go to uh, to Pharaoh and say hey let my people go, and, and what begins to happen is this idea that that Pharaoh's like no I'm not letting all these people go why would I do that and we talked about this some last week if you missed last week go back and check it out we talked about the idea that the Passover lamb this 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 thing that God was going to send just kind of a death angel really through the the camps there and if what if they wanted to be spared from God's wrath if they wanted to be spared that they would take a lamb they would slaughter the lamb they would eat the lamb and they would put the lamb's blood on the doorpost all the way around and God would see that as he's passing by and he would pass Passover. Somebody say Passover. He would pass over that house. What I love about the Bible is that it's so incredibly neat just how it cross-references and uh, just that Jesus fulfills everything. Again, Isaiah is speaking. This is after that Passover has taken place, but yet it's 700 years before Jesus shows up on the scene. And what's he begin to do talk about Jesus like? He's likening him to the Lamb. He's likening him to the lamb. So the Passover, the blood of the lamb is on the doorpost to cover the sins and, and, and cover the wrath of God. Well, we as the church of Jesus Christ know that Jesus' blood covers us, that it covers our sin. Thank God he went to the cross for you and I, and we don't have to fear punishment from God, but we have the ability to receive the reward of eternal life, of forgiveness, of salvation from God because of Jesus' blood. Is there anybody thankful for that in this place right now? I'm thankful. And, and Jesus is saying, hey, you know what? This was talked about a long time ago. Look, I'm here. I'm him. I'm the suffering servant. Look at what Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. This is Jesus speaking. He says this, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to what? Come on, serve. Somebody shout serve. To serve others. And watch this. And to give his life as a ransom for many. 
See, I want us to understand that Christianity is not about where you and I serve God first. No, no, no. You have to recognize that you and I have been served by Jesus first. And he was willing to say, you know what? I know them. I know what they're going through. I know what sin is in their life. And yet I'm still willing, as Romans 5, 8 says, that even while they're still sinning, that I'm going to go and die for them. That I'm going to give my life. I'm going to suffer for them. See, religion will tell you, get your stuff together, look the part, make Make sure you're, you know, you're stepping into that and like you've got your, all your stuff together. That's what religion would say and, and the gospel would say, no, no, no. You have to receive from God more than you have to perform for anything for God. Like, don't do that. you got to receive from Jesus. you got to let him serve you. you got to let him deposit something on the inside of you. See, if you and I want to love and love well, we got to first receive love from the one that, that, that instituted it, right? If you and I want to go out and give and say, listen, we got to be the one that received the the deposit of giving that God would send his own son to die for you and I before we ever go out and make a real difference for anything. Again, serve. we got to be served by Jesus, what he did on the cross. we got to accept that, receive that before we ever go out and we say, you know what, we're going to serve other people. We don't serve because we have to. We serve out of an overflow and we get to. Something we say around here a whole lot at Purpose Church, we don't have to, we get to. Like, it's something we get to do. We don't have to give, we get to give. We don't have to serve, we get to serve. We don't have to love necessarily, but but we get to. It's not necessarily something, it's not, we do have to love. Yes, we do. Uh, so don't take that one, rewind that. Let's not put that in the, on the online. That would be great. Um, like, like we don't we don't have necessarily there's things that we're gonna choose to say, you know what, no matter what, no matter if they're they've been mean to me, no matter if they've come at me, I get to love, I get to serve, I get to give. And again, we don't serve because it's obligation, we serve because we've been served first. We love because we've been loved first. We forgive because we've been forgiven first, right? And I just believe that's so important, again, looking at the life of this servant Jesus, right, this suffering servant. The night that he was about to be betrayed, they're sitting around eating dinner together. They're actually eating the Passover dinner together, just so you know. And Jesus is saying, hey, guys, listen, I, I, I'm going to have to get up from the table. And you know what I want to do? I want to get up. And he put a towel around his waist, and he began to go around to all of the disciples. And what did he begin to do? He began to stoop down, and he began to serve them. In his last hours... In the last hours, right before, uh, literally, that he was to go to the cross, he was doing the very thing that he came to do. See, this is what I love. Jesus is washing the feet. He begins to wash the feet of the disciples. Not because Jesus is a clean freak. Some of y'all are like, oh, that's good. Yeah, wash the feet, Jesus. Some of y'all be like, oh, I don't like feet at all. You know, like... Like, this is weird. No, no, no. It was an act of service. You know why? The feet were the most disgusting thing about a person. You got to think about the streets were not paved. They didn't have cars. They, they walked everywhere they went. There's, you know, animals that are, you know, pooping everywhere. And, you know, you're trying to step through, kind of go around. It's a nasty deal. It's a nasty that was served on, or that was saved only for the servant of the house that would wash the feet. Yet the greatest one at the table took the lowest seat and said, you know what? I'm going to bend down. I'm going to serve. Not because it's something I do. It's because it's who I am. I'm the suffering servant. And Jesus does his greatest work in our deepest mess. I don't know about you, but my life at times has been a mess. Come on, tap your neighbor and say, you messed up. <laughs> you messed up. Just go ahead. We're messed up people. 
Listen, that Purpose Church is full of messed up people. But you know what? We're not messed up uh, and stuck that way. No, there was a servant that came that came to give his life for us. And he came and he said, you know what? Even in your mess, even in the nastiness, I love you, I care about you, and I want a relationship with you. And I'm willing to go to the cross for you. Is there anybody thankful for that servant today? Jesus, come on. And again, I just want to—I want to give a shout out to some people that—that that, that again, serving is one of those things. We have a serve team here at Purpose Church, right? We don't call it anything else. We call it a serve team because we really do believe it's a privilege to serve. That we get to serve. And I just want to shout out our serve team up in this place right now, right? For the last three years before we moved into this facility about 10 weeks ago, week in and week out, guess what we was doing, y'all? We were loading in, we were loading out. We were loading in, we were loading out, showing up at 5 a.m., rain, sleet, snow, it didn't matter. This team was showing up, setting church up, kids ministry, whatever it might be. So for three years, man, come on, we don't have our load-in, load-out team necessarily anymore, but aren't you thankful for our load-in, load-out team for the last couple of years? You know what I'm thankful? for. I'm thankful for our parking team. I'm thankful for our kids team that's in the back right now putting Jesus on the level of kids. I'm thankful for our coffee team and that iced coffee specifically, right? I just, I'm thankful for our worship team, our production team. I'm thankful for everybody that makes up the Purpose Church serve team. You know why? Because they don't have to serve. We get to serve. Man, ultimately it comes from an overflow of the fact that God, you served us by sending your son Jesus and out of the overflow of that, man, we're going to serve other people, all right? That's one title. The next one, I'm going to go through these pretty quickly right here, is the title of, that Jesus obviously fulfilled uh, that, that showed up in the Older Testament is this title of Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega. See, Alpha, for all of our sorority and fraternity uh, friends in the room, you know, Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. And then Omega is the last letter of the Greek alphabet, if you did not know that. And I want you to know, the first and the last. So watch what Isaiah 44, verse 6 in the Older Testament, before Jesus shows up on the scene, the Lord says this, Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord of heaven's army is saying, I am the first and I am the last. There is no other God. So all throughout the Older Testament, you will see that God is telling us, hey, y'all, I'm the first and the last. I'm the beginning and I'm the end. I'm the always has been, I'm the always will be. And Jesus, what he begins to do is he begins to put his full weight down behind this statement. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 6, it says this, and he also said, it is what? Finished. Somebody shout, it is finished. It's finished. What's finished? You know what's finished? It's sin, death, hell, and the grave. That even as Jesus was on the cross, he's saying, you know what? I've come, and I'm here, and I, I'm saying, you know what? I am paying for sin. I am making the payment. It's finished, y'all. That's good news today, right? That's great news for us, right? And, and he goes on to say, I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. You're probably thinking, Dustin, how in the world does this help me? How in the world does this title that Jesus carries, that again, the task that he carries with the title, how does that help me? How does it encourage me? If you know and if you realize that he is the Alpha and Alpha and the Omega, he's the beginning and the end, it means that he's at the beginning, it means that he's at the end, and guess what? He is also everywhere in between. He's also everywhere in between. Your highest of highs, he's there. Your lowest of lows, he's there. And everything in between, he has never missed a moment in your life. And I want you to know that maybe you walked in here and you're thinking, you know what, there's been many moments in my life that I've missed. Or maybe there were some moments in your life that other people missed and you're wanting them to be a part of it. And you're like, oh my gosh, I needed somebody there and you missed it. 
You miss, you weren't there when I needed you to be. And I just came to remind some of us today that Jesus being the Alpha and the Omega and everything in between, that there has never been a time in your life that Jesus has forsaken you, he's left you, that he's never th- like he stopped thinking, thinking about you because he loves you, he is pursuing you, and he wants a relationship with you. No matter where you've been, what you've done, how long you've been there, the Alpha and the Omega is coming after you because he's in the in-between as well. I want us to know, I like how the message version of, of, of uh, it's the message paraphrase of Psalm 36.5 says this. It says, God's love is meteoric. His loyalty, astronomic. His purpose, titanic. His verdicts, oceanic. Yet in his largeness, nothing ever gets lost. Not a man, not a mouse slips through the crack. Y'all know what? We serve a God that is so big, yet he is so great enough to keep his eye on you. He's always been there. The darkest moments, the greatest moments. And how does this help produce a testimony for you? How does this help you and I? It means that whatever he starts, he will finish. And I want us to know, according to what Philippians chapter 1 says, is that you today can be confident in this. You can be confident in the fact that he is the author and the perfecter. He's a starter and a finisher. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the day of completion of Christ Jesus. See, what I want us to understand, and I could spend a little time on this, but we don't have time. uh, But he is a finisher of what he starts. Somebody say he. He's a finisher of what he starts, and he always fulfills that task of the title. But I want us to just be challenged with this. God has no obligation to finish what you and I start. Hot, hot. Because, again, in my life, there's been things that I've pursued myself. God, God has no, 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 no. If, I, if I'm not listening to God doing what he has called me to do, if I think I can run and do my own thing, my own plans, God has no obligation to finish what I start. He has every obligation because he fulfills the task of his title of finishing what he started. And I just got something to declare to some of y'all. You're in this place. You're still breathing. God still has a purpose for you. God still has a plan for you, and he wants to use you to make an impact for him. He's the alpha and the omega. What he begins, he will finish finish. I hope that can encourage you today. And the last thing is this. The last thing is this idea. The title that I think is a great title, probably my second favorite title of Jesus is the fact that he says that I am. It's his title of I am. And you may be thinking, well, that doesn't make a lot of, I am, what you mean? Let's, let's talk through where that first shows up. It shows up in the Older Testament the very first time whenever Moses, Big Mo, right, Big Mo standing in front of a burning bush. And you know, you know, every man is going to the fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just, I'm going to go, man, something's on fire. Let's go look at it, right? But this thing is not burning up. And God, come on, all the men in the room like, yeah, let's go. Sounds good. It's on fire. Let's go look at it, right? Don't call anybody. Let's go look, okay? So we go, he goes over to this bush, and this bush is not burning up. And Moses is having uh, this, like, this moment, and, and God is, is in the bush, right? He's, he's talking to Moses, and he says, hey, 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 Moses, again, trying to get your attention. I want you to go, and I want you to set God and my people free. I want you to go and do that. And again, Moses, excuse, a, a lot like us. No, I can't invite somebody to Easter. I, I, I get too nervous. They, they were with me at this time in my life before. No, 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 listen. All those excuses, God still has a purpose for you. God still wants to use you. What's he, Moses is looking at God saying, God, I killed a dude 40 years ago. Now, I've been running from you. I've been in the wilderness. I've been out here doing nothing. There's no way you can use me. 
And God says, you're exactly who I want to use. He says, Moses, listen, go to Pharaoh and tell him, tell him something. Tell him, let my people go. And Moses is like, okay, okay. But, but Moses protested, as the Bible says in Exodus 3, if I go to the people of Israel, I tell, I tell them that the God of my ancestors has sent you, they're going to ask you, who is he? Who is he? What's his name? What, what is his name? That, then what should I tell him, God? And God replied to Moses. You know what he said? He said, I am who I am. That's all you got to tell him. I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. And I can just imagine again Moses for a second. You, okay, so I'm going to show up to Pharaoh and I'm going to be like, yo, let these people go. And then he's like, no, I don't want to do that. And he said, well, well, I am sent me. Is that what I'm supposed to say? Yeah, say that. You sure? I, I am. I am sent me to tell you. That doesn't even make grammatical sense, right? doesn't even make sense. I get to thinking about that, that kind of that monologue that Moses was having, and I can't help but think about the fact of a monologue that Je- or a dialogue that Jesus is having uh, in, the, in the New Testament where he's talking to the, the Pharisees, and they're questioning his authority, and they're saying, hey, who gives you authority to speak on behalf of God? God. Who gives you authority? And, and who is, and they're questioning Jesus' authority. And watch what he says in John chapter 8, verse 58. Jesus says this. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. Right, this guy that you hold up on a pedestal, which he's a great man, Abraham. Great man, you hold him up on a pedestal. Guess what? Before he was even born, I am. Before he was ever there, I was. Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm greater than your forefather Abraham. That voice speaking to Moses in the burning bush, you're looking at him in the flesh. That's what Jesus was saying. And I love that Jesus even doubles down on this even more in the book of John. You'll go and read. I just encourage you to go start there. He has seven I am statements that he declares that I am a few things. And he says this, I am the bread of life, that I am the vine, that I am the door, that I am the good shepherd, that I am the light of the world, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection in life. And, I, and what I just came to remind some of us today is that, yeah, you may be looking for something in your life. You may be searching for something to satisfy you, to fulfill you, to give you a hope, to give you a future, to give you a purpose. And you know what Jesus is telling you today? He's saying, I am. That I am what you're looking for. That I am the bread of life. I'm not just like the basket. I am the substance. I am the bread. I'm not just like a part of the door, like a doorknob. I am the entire door. That I am, I'm not just one of the shepherds. I am the good shepherd. I'm not just a candle. I'm the actual source. I'm the actual light. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And some of us in this room have been looking everywhere else. And Jesus is saying, hey, I am. I am. That's where you're going to find satisfaction in me. That's where you're going to find hope. It's in me. That's where you're going to find forgiveness. It's in me is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I am. I am. And I just think there's some of us in this room that again, we, his titles produce our testimony. And the fact is, I don't know who you are, where you come from, how long you've been there, what you've done. I want you to know that there's a story that God is trying to tell. And it's pointing all to this person named Jesus and there's titles that he carries and that affects yours and my testimony because not only is he a good God, but he came to save us. He came to set us free. He came to redeem you and I. Maybe there's some of you in this room today that need to give your life to Jesus and say, Jesus, 
I've been searching everywhere else. I've been looking all over the place. I mean, I know that you're it. I'm in this place for a reason. I mean, I'm going to give my life to you. Maybe that's some of you that need to do that today. Maybe that's you watching online today. You need to do that or listening on the podcast. Here's what I'm going to ask everybody to do. Would you as quietly as you can, would you stand to your feet and would you bow your heads and close your eyes? You're in this room, you're watching online, you're, you're, you're listening on the podcast. And I, I just want to just talk to you for a second and let you know that, again, you're here not by happenstance, not by an accident, but you're watching because God has a purpose for you. You're in this room because God has a purpose for you. He wants a relationship with you. And so maybe you're watching, maybe you're leaning into this and you're saying, you know what, I need a relationship with God. I need a relationship with Jesus. Today's that day that I'm going I'm to ask some of you that, hey, you know what? You're here to take that next step. God has been pursuing you, that he's been coming after you. The Bible tells us that we've all sinned, that we've all fallen short, but Jesus came and he gave his life for us. If you're in this room and you've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus, if you're watching online, I want you to do something like this. I want you just to declare with your mouth. You don't have to say it out loud, but I want you to mean it in your heart and say something like this. Dear Jesus. I have never asked you to save me or forgive me, but today I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come in my life. I ask you to save me. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you paid for what I should have paid for, and that they put you in the tomb, and that three days later you got out of the grave, and I put my full weight down on that. I I trust you that you did that, and I give you my life today, Jesus. Would you forgive me? Would you help me live for you from this day forward? Would you help encourage me to say, I'm going to go out and make a difference for you because you've made a difference on the inside of me today. Maybe that's you in this room. You prayed something like that. You prayed it word for word. Maybe you're watching online, listening on the podcast. Whichever way it is, I just want to tell you that we're so stoked that you made that decision. And you would say yes to a, a relationship with Jesus. It's the best decision you'll ever make. We want to be a church that honors that decision, comes alongside of you, walks down this, this new journey with you uh, of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so we want to ask that you're already standing in this room. There's a connection card that's behind you on your seat. Would you grab that connection card? Would you fill that out? And on the back it says, today I gave my life to Jesus. And here in just a second, I'm going to ask our, our teams to begin to move. They're not going to leave the room. They're going to kind of go to kind of the different areas of the room. But, but one of our teams is going to come up here to the front is going to be our prayer team. And I'm going to ask if you're in this room and you just made a decision to follow Jesus, I'm going to ask that you would take that card and you would go to them and you'd say, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus. I just said yes to Jesus. Now what do I do? And we're going to be a, it's going to be a party in here in just a few minutes anyway because we're going to sing. We're going to dance around. We're going to have some fun because of the fact that we believe that we serve a risen Savior. And the fact is, if you're watching online, all you got to do is text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. Let's us know that you made that decision. We'll follow up with you this week. That would be awesome. But on the count of three, I want you to move. If you said yes to Jesus, our team is up here in the front. Our other serve team members are going to be moving around just so that you know you're not the only one moving. On the count of three, one, two, three. Would you go? Would you move? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Awesome. Well, Purpose Church, why don't we lift our heads? Why don't we put our hands together and give Jesus the loudest salvation of worship that we've given him all week long? Yeah, yeah. So here's what we're about to do.
I just think that we need to get like a little bit of excitement as we go into our week. We know some people are in on spring break, but I think God is calling us that are still here. We're going to go out and make a difference this week for Jesus, wherever he's calling us to go. And so I think we need to have a little party together as we're singing. This is a song called Echoes in just a second, and we'll dismiss you after this song. But let's sing it together after I pray for us. Come on, let's sing like it's our job together. All right, Jesus, thank you for today, God. We love you. We honor you. We thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for who you are. We're going to sing, we're going to shout, we're going to dance because of what you've done for us, King Jesus. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.